Hello, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Family Planet 365. I'm your host, Melina Jackson, and I would be remiss if I didn't open the show by extending a sincere, heartfelt um, statement regarding the horrific attack by Hamas terrorists on Israeli citizens and the immense loss of life um, for children and families. It's really unbelievable what's happening like in this day and age on this planet. And, you know, you, you want to say my heart and prayer thoughts and prayers, but what does that really do? Basically my hope in this statement is just to acknowledge what's going on. And, you know, we go about our daily lives and thank God for that. But there are people, families who are suffering in this very moment. So just wanted to take a moment and have just have a moment of silence for those who are, you know, going through this, these horrific attacks. being in a healthy and stable relationship is building a solid foundation, one that is steady and can withstand the tests because there will be tests of time. Hello and welcome to Family Planet 365. I am your host, Melina Jackson. Welcome. Come on in. Thank you for tuning in this week. I know it's a lot going on in the world. It usually is, but not as heavy as now. And I want to thank you for being here with me as I continue my, um, I don't know what part series, but this is the third part in my series of long-term marriage and everything in between. I, um, am looking forward to sharing more stories and insights with you about that. But first let's get into our news and noteworthy how are you? How has everything been in spite of all that's going on? I hope that wherever you are in the world that you are finding a way to take care of yourself and to nurture your mental health and to really just make sure that you are minding your thoughts and definitely taking care of your littles if you have littles in the house or tweens or teens or whatever your family dynamic is made up of but most importantly that you are taking care of yourself and you know, it's hard, you know, I think about how we just go on with our lives. You know, we wake up every day, thank God. And we just, you know, go to work or we get dressed, we go to the grocery store and how in another part of the world, there are terrorist attacks going on. There are, there's war, right? And, and I really, this is nothing new. It's just that, you know, the, the news finds a way to, um, really just bombard us with like what's going on because there's always something going on, but this really hit home, like with the children and families being highly impacted and killed and murdered. Um, so I have in my notes, my producers like, keep it light because this is family planet 365. You come here to be uplifted and empowered. So this is not a news. This is not NPR, which is NPR is really cool, but this isn't NPR. So, um, if, you know, I'm not going to go into details and really, you know, share thoughts and opinions about 
um, what's going on. But I just definitely wanted to acknowledge it because to not acknowledge it feels interesting. So that's what I'm doing. That's the that is the checkbox that I'm I'm marking off right now. But just wanted to acknowledge that and thank you for tuning in this week um, as we continue our long term marriage series. Um, so news and noteworthy, uh, Dancing with the Stars premiered. Um, if you've been a longtime listener of the show, I have mentioned Dancing with the Stars quite a few times um, in the past few years because it's something that has been in our lives. When I say our, I mean our family. We've been watching Dancing with the Stars probably for like the past 12 years. I'm going to say 12 years, 12 years strong. Um, I think there was a season that it didn't come on or something was happening. I can't remember, but I tell you, I had to remind myself that Dancing with the Stars is on. And amazingly, Alfonso Ribeiro is the head host whom I've been wanting him to fill those shoes for a very long time, ever since he was a contestant on Dancing with the Stars. I mean, he just killed it. And I want to say he won, but I, I guys, I, I can't remember. I just know he was my, he was a winner in my eyes. So I, in my mind, he won, but I don't have, I, I'm not going to look up whether he really did, but he really, he pl- either he placed or he took home the, the uh, mirror ball. But what was really sad, is that, you know, after all these years, Lynn Goodman, the lead judge on Dancing with the Stars, was not in his seat, you know? And, I mean, Lynn lived a good life, though. You know, he I think he was in his 80s. He passed away earlier this year. And I, it really didn't hit home until I was watching, like, the week one, because I just went into the app and watched week one. I'm not even caught up on, um, I think we're in week three or week four now. Week three, I think it's week three. But I wanted to watch the opener because I wanted to see if they did a tribute to Lynn, which the only thing that I saw was now they named the Mirrorball, the Lynn Goodman Mirrorball Trophy or something like that. So he could always be in the dance room and they can always acknowledge him and saying his name. But it was interesting to see him not there. And it just reminded me like how we talked about a few weeks ago when um, Irish, you know, died. um, And I was saying how it's such a blessing to be able to grow old and like to just continue to age and how so, so many of us like take it lightly that we're still here. And yes, Lynn got to live a good life. You know, he was on Dancing with the Stars for like, I want to say 30 some years, it felt like. But he was doing, he was fulfilling his dream, living his passion. And he did live a full life for the most part. But it shows that, you know, all things come to an end. And on this life plane, it will expire one day. So my question is, you know, what are we doing with that time? Are we... in do, enjoying what we're our day-to-day lives are we enjoying the people that we're around are we um, being good to ourselves because one day it's going to expire it's going to be gone and that chair will be empty you know and that's one of the things I really feel um, so passionate about like with my family my household you know we tell each other good things about each other now it always irked me when people would wait until a funeral to get up and say something good about the person. Like it doesn't even matter then the person can't hear it. And did you tell them when they were here? And I remember um, years ago, I had to correct my husband because I was like, you know, don't wait until special events to get me flowers. Um, we don't really argue. So he doesn't have to get flowers like to make up with me or anything like that. Cause I, who has the energy? I don't even have the energy to argue, but, um, 
I just remember telling him like, if you're out, especially at Trader Joe's, I love Trader Joe's flowers. Like if you see a bouquet that you think I'll like, get it. It doesn't have to be a special occasion. It doesn't have to be something to say you're sorry or whatever. Get the flowers now because now I can enjoy them. I'm not going to be able to enjoy the flowers in the casket. Okay. Same with the good words. Tell me like how cool it is now. Tell me um, that you like something that I did now or tell me how amazing I am now. And one of the things we do is um, this might be something you want to try for your family, but especially on birthdays or like if um, one of the kids do something special, I like the family to acknowledge that person. So for instance, like for birthdays, especially I like us to go around the table and say what we love about that particular person or what's something that they find special about that person. And it always brings tears to our eyes. Like to hear like my now 13 year old say something about her 18 year old brother. And it's like, wow, I never even thought about that. So that's just a tradition that we do now because I'm all about like the beautiful words and accolades now while you're alive, not until, you know, when you're gone because you don't care or you won't care. I don't think unless there's something I don't know, but I know for me, I want to hear those great words now. So it just reminded me of how amazing it is to be on this earth plane in our human bodies and our human suits or um, what is it called? Our physical suits and how we should just really be enjoying each day and enjoying the people that we're with. If you don't enjoy the people you're with, then you need to change your people. And I, I really want to talk on that. I am seeing more people talk about that now, though, especially on the Oprah channel. I follow Oprah daily on Instagram. And I noticed she's been posting a lot about like, you know, it doesn't matter who it is. It could be your mother, your father, your stepfather, your cousin, your brother, your sister. If you're with that person and you don't feel good when you are with them, you are not obligated to be around them. You have no obligation to anyone except yourself. And I'm noticing a lot more people are like, wow, you know, I never thought about that. I thought I had to. And I'm here to tell you firsthand, you are not obligated. You are not. You. This is your journey. This is your life. You get to choose and you can be very selective with who you get, who you spend your time with, who you give your energy to. And I'm really big on that. And I'll tell you why. Um, and I always promise y'all episodes, I, I got to start going back, listening to these things. I didn't make notes of like, oh, I said, I'll do a podcast on that. But I'm there's no shortage of ideas. So it's coming. But I just want to encourage you today if, you know, you feel like you're obligated to be with someone or be around someone or spend time with people who don't bring you joy. You are not. This is their sign. You are not obligated. So I hope that you are spending time with those that you enjoy being around and that you love and um, not seeing Lynn Goodman there. And they, I missed him too, because, you know, they go around like, you know, Bruno is amazing. Bruno has great energy. So he was cool. Derek is cool. Um, Carrie Ann's cool. But Lynn really, you could tell he was just really passionate about judging and the art of ballroom dance. And it was his love language. It was his thing. So I missed having him there, but I'm sure, you know, things, everything goes on. Life goes on. We'll, we'll move on. It's going to be okay. But it was interesting not having him there after all these years. So that's where I'm at with that. Um, outside of that, that's all I wanted to talk about as far as news and noteworthy because I want to give you more, um, more show. Um, what am I trying to say, guys? I plan to give you more 
um, conversation about long-term marriage and everything in between. Cause I did get a message and I was like, Oh, your, um, your podcast is too short. Like I spent a lot of time up front and then when I'm telling the story, I cut it off, but you got to do that because that's what keeps you coming back for like part three and four and five. Right. Like I got to do that. Um, it's clickbait if you will. So I'll give you like, you know, five minutes extra this week. So the show will go about 45 minutes maybe, um, versus 36. So yeah, let's get into it. Um, I'm Alina Jackson. I'm your host of Family Planet 365. Thank you so much for tuning in. This week we are talking about long-term marriage and everything in between part three. If you have not listened to part one, go back and listen to it. If you haven't listened to part two, go back and listen to it so you can catch up on part three because now we're going to pick up on the first date because the last episode I had just met my now husband at something live. He gave me his card, his business card. He had a business card and oh my gosh, I I was like, that was easy because I had just gotten hip to that, you know, that game. I got, you go back and listen to episode two and I'll talk to you about Um, how I learned about asking a guy for the business card. Don't ever. And this goes for today too, ladies. Don't, if you see a guy and he's like, Hey, what? They don't really do that now. Cause y'all have like Instagram and stuff. But if somebody asks you for your number, either you need to have a business card. Like you could easily print those up on Vistaprint. It doesn't have to be through your business, through a business or whatever. You can get your own personal business card. So I think like $12, you just have your name, maybe your cell phone number and maybe your IG handle. I don't know. But never write your number down on a piece of paper and tear it off and give it to someone because it's all about perception. And it's all about how you see yourself. And so needless to say, the um, pastor that I was listening to was like, never uh, ask a guy when he wants your number, ask him, does he have a business card? If he doesn't have a business card, keep it moving. Now, I know that's harsh, but that was what he told me. And I tried it and it worked. So you should try it. Right. Um, so yeah, listen to episode two, if you haven't already, cause you'll probably be a little lost, but it's okay. Even if you just want to jump into episode three with me, you can go back and listen to it. It's, it's all good. Like there's no prerequisite. I just, I like for you to just follow along in order if you can. All right. So we're going to take a quick break and I'm going to come back and we're going to pick up on the first date. I'll be back in a minute. And we're back. Welcome to Fairly Planet 365. I am your host, Melina Jackson. Thank you so much for tuning in this week where we pick up on part three of long-term marriage and everything in between. Now, I chose this series and I'm just gonna let it keep going until it can go no more. But I wanted to talk about, cause this is kind of therapy for me. And I'm just gonna, sh- I'm sharing what I've been through because in hopes that it'll help couples or moms and dads out there um because you're not you're never alone and you know you find um they said when you're going through something you should never keep it bottled up whether you go to a therapist whether you have a girlfriend or a guy friend or someone to talk to always talk about 
what you're going through with someone you can trust because what you'll find is you're never alone. You're never alone. Like we literally are all connected and that is the truth. So I always think that, you know, never keep your stories bottled up inside, share your stories because it can help someone. So the reason why I wanted to share my story is because one of the things you don't really hear about is people who've been married for like 20 plus years. Yeah, we see posts on Instagram like, oh, the love of my life, happy 25th anniversary or whatever. But what really goes down in those relationships? Because I know for me, I'm always like taken back when I hear of a couple who've been married for like uh, forever and they get a divorce. And I'm like, why would you do that? Like, you've been with this person forever. Are you even going to know how to like operate out there in these streets? You know, like someone, um, somebody posted ain't nothing out there but Hennessy and lemon pepper chicken wings. <laughs> and I always thought that was funny. Now, although I don't think that you should stay in a relationship because you're afraid to be alone, like that sucks too. But I think that we, when you've been married this long, it's really hard to just throw away what you've built together. You've been with this person like, and I'm speaking for myself for most of your life now at this point, right? Because I met my husband when I was 21. I'm 46 now. You do the math. Um, but I'm not saying like I if I had to be out there, I couldn't be out there because this girl, I'd be picked up in a minute, right? Me and my husband even make jokes like that. It was like, man, if we ever um like did separate, you'll be with somebody fast. I'll be with somebody fast. I already know it because we're good catch. We're a good catch. Like literally we are, we have our, we have good heads on our shoulders. We're educated. We're gainfully employed. We do well in this world. Yeah. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be hard for us to find someone. Now, would that person be a right match? I don't know. Cause I hear like dudes out there trifling, you know, um, not sure about the women. Cause I'm not, you know, I don't know about the women, but I just do know. I know like a lot of my single moms who are divorced, they talk about their dating lives and how, it's crazy out there, but you know, whatever. Again, that's not a reason to stay in a relationship because you're scared to be out there dating because ain't nobody scared. Okay. So I'm talking about long-term marriage and everything in between. So the last, in the last episode, I talked about how I had met my now husband. This was in 1998 and I met him at this club called Something Live in Printer's Alley in Nashville, Tennessee, because I was a senior at Tennessee State University. Woo, woo, give it up for TS, TSU, you. You know, I'm gonna start tagging TSU on this because I done gave them a plug for the last three weeks, okay? All right, so I was a senior. He was a captain in the army, and so he's seven years older than me. And it was amazing because that was the whole point of my friend Gwen bringing up something live because she said, she said, older guys go to something live. And that was my thing. I was like, I want to meet somebody older. I want somebody who's like been there, done that, who can kind of guide me. I don't need, no, I don't want to help nobody grow up. I want them to already be grown up. Right. All right. Okay. So get his card. I leave the club. Two weeks goes by and I was in the computer lab because email had just really kind of started, right? This is in 1998. So we weren't really on the interwebs like that, but I just remember saying, hey, I need to, I should email that dude I met at something live. So I got on the, went to the computer lab. It was like in the evening and I sent an email and I remember my email was like flipper because I was really into dolphins then. It was like flipper seven, seven at hotmail or something like that. And I sent him an email and I put my phone number in that email. Now we did not have cell phones. So the phone was going to my dorm, 
um, at TSU because we had like, you know, you used to have the voicemail or the um, answering machine, which had a, a tape in it and you would do the tape. Right. So I left the message and then I um, this had to be like a third. It felt like it was a Thursday, guys. Or maybe it was a Tuesday. This is a Tuesday or a Wednesday. I want to say it was a Wednesday evening. And by the time I got to my dorm, he had already called me back. And he had such an amazing voice on that answer machine. I was like, dang, this dude is like, he bout it, bout it. Like, this is, this is interesting. Because then I was like, has he been married already? Like, because he was, I'm 21. So that put him at 28. Wait, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 28. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder, has he been married? Because he was so grown to me. Like he was a grown ass man. And that kind of scared me a little bit because I was like, I wanted older, but I wasn't trying to get like nobody that's almost 30. I'm 21. But I was like, you know what? It's cool because I'm not trying to, um, I'm not looking for nothing, right? I was just looking for like, oh, somebody I met. And like I told you in the last episode, there was an instant connection. It wasn't love at first sight, but there was a connection. I felt it. I didn't could, don't know how to explain it, but I felt like we were, uh, I guess you could say kindred spirits or like we both, there was just this sense of like, he got it together. I got it together. It's cool. But it wasn't like, oh yeah, I'm this about to be my man. It wasn't none of that. Okay. So he um, had already left me a voicemail and I actually have that tape. Um, recording. And you know what? I might just look for it. It's in the garage somewhere. And if I can find the dang on cassette, the answer machine to play it, I would play it and record it for you guys. Um, but I just remember being impressed by his, uh, his voicemail or his answer on the message on the answer machine. And I kept going back and replaying and replaying and replaying it. And he gave me his phone number because it was on the card, but I didn't call him first. I emailed him. And I called him back and he was like, oh, hi, you know, how are you? And I was like, oh, I'm good. You know, thanks for the, um, I'm glad you got my email. Wasn't sure if it went through because it was dial up or whatever. And he was like, yeah, so what are you doing um, tonight? And I couldn't, I wasn't, I was like, I'm not trying to go out like that because I was never really a night. Like I didn't hang out late at night. Like my daughter's in college, baby, she'd be out to three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. I couldn't do that. Like I was never like that. Like I like to be back in my room by one o'clock, like, and that's pushing it. If I can get back by 11 30, 12 o'clock, that's a good night. But I ain't trying to really be out. And it was already like 9 20 or something. Cause he was like, we can, I can grab a dessert or something. And I'm like, I ain't, ain't nobody trying to grab no dessert. You know, I'm about to get ready for this class tomorrow. I was like, but you know what? What I am going to do is he was like, well, what are you doing tomorrow? And I was like, you know what? I'm actually going to the Outcast concert. Yes. Remember I told you guys in the last episode that our first date was really cool. And if you're into like the intelligent rapper game, then you'll love this story. Well, Outcast was kind of a new group, guys. I think Outcast came out in 96. Um, Actually, I'm actually going to Google that. Let me see. Okay. Anyway, I'm a, I'm a big Outkast fan. I was a big Outkast fan. I still am, but you know, back in the day, I really was. Because I love Outkast, A Tribe Called Quest, um, Diggable Planets. Was it Diggable Planets? Yeah, I think it was. But I was really into that whole, like, especially A Tribe Called Quest and Outkast. Like, I love that. They're intelligent. Their writing is good. The beats are good. Here we go. So Fisk University, um, which is another HBCU near Tennessee State in Nashville. Shout out to Fisk. I heard that they were going to be, um, Outcast was coming to Fisk. 
So I bought me a ticket because check this out. Outcast was a new group and this wasn't even a big concert. This was really for them to just get their name out there more. And I think my ticket y'all was like $8, like for real. Cause I remember going over to Fisk campus. I had to go to their gym to buy the ticket. And I want to say it was $8. It was no more than $10. So I had bought that. Cause remember I go places by myself. So I didn't even like ask nobody. Did they want to go? I knew Melina was going. And so I had went and bought a ticket, like say that Monday or whatever. Cause I was like, I don't want them to sell out. Cause it was going to be in the Fisk university's gym. And I, it wasn't a big spot. So I didn't want to sell out. So I went and got my ticket. And so my, um, the guy, my husband, now husband told me, you know, he asked me, what are you doing tomorrow? And I was like, oh, you know, I can't get together tomorrow. Cause I got a, I'm going to a concert. And he was like, oh, what concert I could take you. And I'm like, I, I'm, I didn't ask you to take me, but okay. And he was like, I was like, well, I'm going to the outcast concert. He was like, really? Where? I said at Fisk. He was like, well, we can go together. I can, um, I could pick you up. We can go to dinner first. And I'm like, dinner? Because I didn't really eat out, guys, because I'm in college. Like, ain't nobody eating out. We eat at the dining hall, but ain't nobody going to no restaurant. And I was like, wait, this is like a lot. Because I hadn't seen him since that night at Something Live. And this was two weeks, maybe two and a half weeks later. And here he is like crashing my plans with myself to go see Outcast, you know? And so I was like, well, you might not be able to get a ticket. I don't know. Cause I bought my ticket, you know, in uh, on Monday or whatever. And I don't know if they're sold out. And he was like, well, that's fine. I'll look into it. And you already got your ticket. Cool. I'll see if I can get my ticket. Okay, whatever. And so I think I, now, now this is where it gets sketchy. I may or may not be telling facts or the, not, I won't say the truth, but it might not be that accurate, but I want to say he called me back that during that day of Thursday, he was like, I got my ticket. Or maybe he said, I can get my ticket at the door. I don't remember. But I do remember him saying, hey, um, I'll be there. I can pick you up. Um, like say the concert started at nine. I can pick you up at six so we can go to dinner and have time for dinner and then go to the concert. And I was like, okay. So he was like, what do you want to eat? And I was like, chilies because that's where I eat chilies and he was like well that's cool I have another place I want to take you to and I was like okay cool I'm open whatever so I was excited I was like oh well I'm on a date I didn't expect to be on a date because I was gonna go see Outkast by myself because Outkast at the time was promoting their album Aquimini do y'all remember Aquimini and I did look it up Aquimini came out in September of 1998 which made sense because this was November 9th November 9th, I think, um, 1998. So they were promoting their new album and it was like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, baby, uh-huh. Push that food. Everybody move to the back of the book. I was into it, okay? And um, so anyway, I lived at Tennessee State Date for senior year. I lived in like the um, campus apartment housing, which was really cool because it was still like a dorm where you had one apartment, two, it was four bedrooms, two baths, so the first two rooms shared the bathroom and kind of like my daughter set up now. And then the two rooms in the back, they shared their bathroom. So, and we had a full kitchen, we had a living room. It was nice. 
and my room was the first room and you could lock your door. It was cool. So I lived on campus housing. So it was cool because now you don't have to go through like the front desk to get a guest up or anything. You can have whoever you wanted to have over. Now there, it was gated. So I think you did have to leave a name at the gate, but they weren't checking for nobody. Like, do you go here and all of that? You could let anybody on whoever you wanted to go. So that was great. So I remember I was telling the um, the guy at the gate, I was like, I'm gonna have a guest come up, you know, here's his name. And he was like, okay, cool. So check this out. So I'm in my room getting dressed and my neighbor in my apartment, Adora, she was like, oh my God, who is that? Who is that? And I was like, what, what? She was like, some dude just pulled up in a BMW Z3 drop top. And I was like, what, huh? And she was like, who is that? Who is that? I don't even know how she, I think she was coming back from class and she saw my date looking for the apartment building and he was driving around like, this is like crazy because we don't really see that we're college students. Like nobody except drug dealers is pulling up in a BMW Z3 brand new black with a convertible top. Okay. So I was like, well, I don't know. And she was like, and then like five minutes later, somebody rang our doorbell and I opened the door. She's like, it's him. That's him. And I was like, what? Cause I remember, I didn't know what kind of car he drove. Cause I didn't see him that night. Like I saw him in the club. I didn't go like walk them to their car or anything. We went our separate way. So I didn't know what kind of car he drove. She was losing it guys. I was like, dang. Okay. And so anyway, he was like, Hey, you know, good to see you. Gave me a hug or whatever. And I just introduced him to my roommate. Cause she was already like going bananas over the car dude was driving and you know, low key, like no high key. My husband is a very, uh, very masculine looking guy. So it was refreshing to not have like a boy looking guy, like a boyish looking guy. He was like a man. He is a man. And it was nice to have that. It was like, dang, this is a man. This is a, like, this is a man, you know? <laughs> and so she was really taken back. Like, where did you meet him? Who is this dude? You know? And I couldn't really answer because he was there. That's embarrassing. So he sat in the living room area while I finished getting um, dressed. And I believe my roommate Adora was like asking him, like, where are you from? Because she was like really interested. Like, where did you where did you find him? Like, what is this? What What is this? What is this? Diamond in the rough. What is this? And so I just kind of laughed inside. I thought it was funny. And um, so anyway, we he waited for me for like 15 minutes because I used to have this thing about it took me a long time to get dressed. I don't know why. I mean, I guess since becoming a mom, I've nailed it. Like I know how to put on makeup, put a nice outfit together in like 20 minutes. I'm good. But for some reason, when I was younger, it would take me like an hour to get dressed. Like who's getting dressed for an hour? So I was never ready on time. But um, so he waited for like 10, 15 minutes, I think. And then we proceeded to leave the apartment and we went down and I saw the BMW. I was like, oh my God, what the hell is this? Like, what have I gotten myself into? Cause now I'm getting kind of nervous. Cause like, this is a bit much, you know, first of all, he's seven years older than me. He's a captain in the army. Um, and he's driving this kind of car. Like, this is a lot, you know, for a college student, like I'm 21, I'm a senior in college. Not that I don't feel like I deserve it, but it's just, I'd never been in this situation before. I never met a guy like this before. And I started feeling like maybe I wasn't, I'm not going to say good enough, but I wasn't up to par. Um, now, mind you, I drove a Toyota RAV4. It was new. And that's a good car, right? Yeah. But I wasn't driving like a BMW. I wasn't driving a sports car. I wasn't like, I didn't, I wasn't gainfully employed like he is and stuff like that. So I was like, you know, this probably won't go anywhere. And it's cool because it'll just be a fun night. Let's just do that. Let's just have fun, Melina. And, you know, just, just have fun. That's, that's what we're going to do. Cause you was going to this concert. It's the self-talk I was doing. You were going to this concert anyway. 
and just let's just have fun. Okay. Let's just not put up any, um, you don't have to have like expectations. Like, I hope this goes here. Cause we're just here. You was going anywhere. You got somebody to go with you. It's cool. So we get in the car. He opens the door for me. Um, it's good conversation. He was playing Natalie Merchant. I don't know if y'all know about Natalie Merchant, but I was like a black dude playing Natalie Merchant is amazing because we're not listening to rap music. It's not like your typical, you know what I'm saying? Like stereotype. So I was really impressed. Um, good conversation. He was like, I'm going to take you to this restaurant called Houston's. It's over by Vanderbilt by Vandy. I think you're going to like it. Guys, we get into Houston's. My first time eating at Houston's. I didn't even know this restaurant existed because we would only go to Chili's if we did eat out like every, you know, once a, a year, maybe. So we went to Houston's and there was a piano player there. Everything was candlelit. And I'm like, I, at first I was like, I'm not even dressed for this because I had on jeans and like a shirt and some cute like um, I used to wear like these platform heel boots. They were cute. Um, but I was like, you know, whatever. It's, I didn't know. So, I mean, I wasn't underdressed, but when you have a piano player and stuff, you feel like you should probably have a, a nice dress on, but I wasn't going to wear no dress to no outcast concert. So we get in there really nice. Um, I actually had a glass of red wine. It was nice. Um, we ate dinner. We had a great conversation. Um, and I think I asked him like, had he been married before? Does he have kids? He was like, no. I'm like, why? Cause something's not right. If you aren't like either about to be divorced or you, um, or you are divorced. Cause surely you've been married before. Cause he was just too mature. Like it was just a lot, like too mature. And, um, it just wasn't what I was used to. And so, yeah, no kids, never been married. None of that. So I was like, wow. Cause I had a rule now, you know, you could argue with your mama about this and I know things have changed now. It's kind of hard to navigate these streets like this with this rule, but I had a rule. I didn't date guys with kids. Like, I don't care. I don't care how cute the kid is. I don't care. I don't care. Cause I was at the point, I really didn't care for kids. Like I'm 21 years old. I don't have to care for kids. Like I know I want kids one day, but right now I don't. And I'm not going to date no dude with kids. I don't care how good you are to the kid. I didn't care. I did not care. I had a rule, a solid rule. I don't care how sweet you are to me. I do not want a guy with kids because I'm gonna tell you why. The mother is always going to be in their lives. And that's cool, right? Because y'all created a whole human together. So y'all should be together. You should be in their lives. And I'm not the type of person who's going to be telling my dude, you can't see your child because I don't want you with the baby mama. Like, don't be with him, you know? So I wasn't here to play that game and I just really wasn't interested. And a side note, you know, my dad actually had tried to set me up with his coworker's son and he was like, you know, he got a good job. He's older. I think he'll be perfect for you. But, you know, the only thing is I know you have a rule, you know, you don't date guys with kids, but he got a two year old. I said, well, next. No, thank you. Not interested. Don't even want to go on a date. He was like, really? I said, yeah, I'm firm. Like, no, absolutely not. You got a kid, be with the mama, you know, don't, you're not going to be with me. So I don't, you don't have to write me in about that. That's, that's what I wanted for my life. That's the choice I made for my life. And, and, and I'm okay with that. And you should be too. You should be making choices for your life too. So anyway, so no kids, never been married, no girlfriend. And he didn't have a girlfriend at the time. Like that's bizarre. Like what is going on for real? So anyway, we finished dinner. He paid for everything, of course. Oh, and get this. This was my first time. Like, he was like, do you want an appetizer? And I'm like, we, we should just get the meal. Like, because we never had the money, like, to get appetizer, the meal, a drink, and then dessert. Child, we did all the things. Appetizer, meal, drinks, dessert. 
And I will say, even after all those years later, we still do the same thing. Appetizer, drinks, meal, dessert, even with kids, we doing all the things. So nothing's changed in that, in that um, regard. But I was just like, wow. And I remember like, I'm, I was like, I'm going to take some of this to go because it was a lot. And as a college student, it would be nice to like be able to really enjoy this later in my dorm when I'm not in front of somebody trying to eat this. Right. I think I got like a salad or something that was like a nice chicken salad. It was like stacked high. It was really pretty. So I got that. And plus, I wanted to eat dessert. So I saved space for dessert, which is something we still do today. Like, I'm not going to eat it all because we're getting dessert. We already got, um, um, you know, alcoholic beverages or whatever. So. We finished the meal at Houston's in Vandy. And I I don't know if it's still there, but it was amazing. And then we head over to Fisk University. And it was, it felt really good to drive in his car, like to ride in his car. It was a stick shift. And he asked me, he was like, I will let you drive, but do you know how to drive a stick? And I was like, yep, I sure do. Because I, my first car was a stick, but I wasn't trying to drive dude's car on the first day. Like I ain't thirsty. Like who cares? It's BMW. Okay, cool. I'm thrilled inside, but I'm not going to show you that. Right. So he was like, oh, cool. You know how to drive a stick? I was like, yeah, my first car was a stick. So it's no big deal. So we pull up at Vandy and um, not Vandy. I'm sorry. At Fisk, we find parking and he comes and open the door for me. Now he don't open the door for me now. Let's just be clear about that. Like he ain't doing that. I'm like, anyway, I'm like, move out of the way. Um, <laughs> but he opened the door for me. We got out. Parking was easy. And so we got to Fisk around 830 because remember the concert is supposed to start around nine. And, um, so we, you know, I wanted to be there a little bit on, you know, I wanted to get on, on time cause I didn't want to miss outcast coming out, you know, at nine o'clock. Um, anyway, so where am I going with this? Okay. So we get into the gym. The gym is kind of small. It only fits like 200 and some people guys, like it's small. So, um, the opening act comes out, which is this Christian rap group called grits And get this, I actually was talking to one of the lead rappers of Grits. I don't even know how we met, but I saw him and he was like, what's up? How you doing? Because we kind of fell off. Like, because remember, we didn't have social media and we couldn't text. It was like, if I keep missing your call, then I'm just going to fall off because I can't get you any kind of way, any other way. Right. I want to say I met him at Tower Records or something, but he was a cutie. And when I saw him, I remember like, oh, my God, we used to talk like what happened with that? Right. And so, um, they were the opening act. He spoke or whatever, and they were the opening act. And then my, um, my date was like, Oh, you know him? I was like, yeah, we used to talk briefly, but I kind of forgot we talked. Um, cause he was always busy. I'm in the studio. Oh, let me call you back. And I'm like, first of all, first of all, bro, like I'm second to none. Okay. And I, I know that was like the mindset I was going through. Like, you ain't gonna just be like putting me off. Like, I don't care what you do. You're not going to do that. And I think that's why I kind of just let it go because I'm not going to be chasing nobody. I'm not going to do that. We don't do that. So anyway, it was fun to like see him and remember like, oh, my God, I talked to him. And then so it's like 9:29:30, no outcast. And so I was like, I'm going to go to the restroom. And he was like, oh, I'll come with you, you know, whatever. I get to the restroom, waiting in line of the restroom, guys. Why this guy named Darwishi? Yes, his name was Darwishi. He said he was named after an African prince or something. I don't know. I don't even know if that was Darwish's real name, but he was such a cutie. He went to Vanderbilt. I don't know how I met him. Don't ask. I don't remember. But Darwishy was really cool. And um, we talked. When I say talk, guys, I mean, like, we talked on the phone. We went out to eat. We went on a date um, probably twice. And then Darwishy was getting kind of mental. Like, I kind of just dropped him because 
he was like playing mental games. Like, yeah, you know, make sure you call me. You know, I need you to call me like three times a day or whatever. Something stupid. And so I just remember being like, because Darwish is like my age. Remember, I wanted somebody older because I don't have time for games. But anyway, so he was in the line waiting too. He was like, oh, what's up, Melina? I was like, oh, hey, Darwish. You know, I'm trying to play it off. He was like, oh, so this your new man? He going to say that in front of my date. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it is. And he was like, oh, what's up, man? What's up? And they dabbed each other up or whatever. And he was like, all right, talk, I'll holler at you. I'll holler at you then. And Darisha was looking cute. It reminded me of why I was attracted to him in the first place. But he was low-key ghetto. But he was cute and smart, too, very smart. He went to Vanderbilt, okay? So anyway, that was funny. So I met, saw two guys that I briefly talked to while I was on my first date. And then, so my husband's like, dang, you talk, you got a lot of ex-boyfriends up in here. I said, correction, they're not exes. They're just guys that we, you know, just casually like went out or whatever. No big deal. No strings attached. Nothing like that. So finally it was like 10 o'clock and then they started announcing outcast, Andre 3000, big boy coming out. Guys, why was there no stage? We literally just standing in the gym Big boy, Andre 3000 in the middle of the floor singing their songs. I mean, I can like touch them like they're right there. Like we just all just chilling. And I'll never forget my now husband stood behind me. And I remember feeling thinking like, I like the way that feels. That's really cool. That's really cool. I like that. I like that. So they performed like four songs and they was like, we're going to go take a quick break. We'll come back. So me and my date was like, let's go outside because it was in the gym. So it was really stuffy. People were jumping up and down, dancing. So it was like, let's go outside and get some fresh air. So we did. And it was really cool because he was like, I really like being with you. And I was like, I like being with you too. I said, let's stay in touch. And, you know, a few months later, he told me that threw him off because he was like, why would she say that? Like, she's not trying to like see each other again soon. And I guess for me, because I was like, remember how I was feeling in the car? Like, this is a lot. Like, he's a captain in the army. He's a lot older than me. He, you know, he's already doing life. And I'm just in college. I'm not really trying to, like, be locked down like that because I'm fresh. Like, I'm a senior. I don't even know what I'm going to do. I know I want to work in news. But I didn't want to, like, commit that quickly to somebody who's already, like, doing the thing. Right? So he said I did throw him up, but he told me that like five months later, but I was like, yeah, we definitely should stay in touch because this is cool. I'm glad you got to come out. You know, I was more like on a, like a bro front, not like a romance front. Right. So he was like, I would like that. Let's definitely stay in touch. And, um, so we, you know, we was outside talking he was like, so you know what you're going to do after graduation? I was like, no, I'm just sending out some, um, my reels right now. Cause I wanted to be in broadcast news. So I'm sending out tapes and you know, we'll see what happens. I don't know. And he was like, cool, cool. Well, let me know if you need anything. And I was like, okay, I will. And so we decided to go back in. We finished the concert. It was amazing. Finished the um, date. I think I got home about quarter to one. And no kiss or anything. He dropped me off, walked me up to my door. I didn't invite him in or anything. And there was no kiss, nothing like that. And yeah, and I just thought, wow, he was a cool dude. I'm, I like that. And I had my to-go bag with me because I left it in the car and brought it back, you know, brought it with me home. And I was like, wow, that, that he's cool. Like, I like that. Like, just like no strings attached, like just a good ass time, just a nice date. And that's what I needed. That was good. And that was our first date, guys, with Outkast. Yeah, 1998, September. The Equimini album came out in September, but we went to their promotional um, concert in November. 
in November 1998, and it was cool. And, you know, I'm going to pick up on part four because I'm going to start moving us along now because we got a lot of time to cover. But I didn't talk to him again until, <laughs> y'all, this might be traveling. I was playing, you know, I was I was skating on thin ice because now looking back, he was such a good catch. I'm shocked that I had all that time in between because I don't think I talked to him again until like three or four weeks later. Don't ask me why. Again, we did not have DMs. Everything was like by the phone and a little bit by internet, like with the um, email. But everything was by phone. And remember, I'm a student. I wasn't looking for a relationship, so I wasn't thirsty. And I think that's what made it work because I wasn't literally really trying. I was just being who I am. And it's interesting because, I don't, like I said, it was no early November. Remember, I went home for Thanksgiving and um, I don't know what he did. And I didn't talk to him. Like, I didn't follow up or anything. And he didn't follow up with me. But I think he did reach out initially. Like, after a few weeks went by, he had reached out, reached out to me. So that's where I'm going to pick up. And then we're going to fast forward a few years. Like, now we're into dating and stuff and how that started, like, with us dating and then what happened, the engagement, getting married, all that stuff. So then I want to get to like now, like where we are now and how we are navigating this chapter of our lives, because it is different, guys. You know, I'm going to give you a sneak peek, but you start watching each other, like get old. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Okay. Because even like me, like I'm 46, I have hot flashes, you know, I'm hormonal and it's like, don't touch the air. I'm cold. I don't care. Don't touch it. I'm sweating, you know? And it's just like, this is crazy. Like nobody talks about this part. You cause you start out as young and vibrant and your skin is tight and your body's are right. And you like, woo. And then you start getting like in your late thirties, you know, had these kids and stuff. And you know, you like now 42, now you're knocking on 45. Now you 46. It's no joke. Now I do my part, you know, I work out because it makes me feel good, but I'm not working out like to stay hot because I'm hot anyway, right? <laughs> Literally. But I work out because it's really good for you. And that's something we're gonna I want to talk about, especially if you're in a relationship, because you sometimes see people like who've been married a long time, they let their bodies go. Don't let your body go because that physical fitness helps you feel good mentally and emotionally. And it gets, keeps your stamina up. It's good for your sex life. It's good for everything. So we'll, I want to get you guys to this. I'm trying to get y'all to like 20 years of marriage. So, But I wanted to start out with the foundation of like how we got started, right? So we'll talk about that. But um, it is interesting to watch yourselves go from like 20-somethings to 30-somethings, then parents, and now you're like in your, are we, go, we're not in our golden years, no. But my husband is 53, so it's it's different than when he was 28, 29, obviously. And you got to learn like to not be judgmental and to kind of go with the flow and understand what a blessing it is to be in this chapter and in this stage in life. So that's what we're talking about in long-term marriage and everything in between. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, I enjoyed sharing it with you. And we're going to pick up on part four next week where we're going to talk about like how we started dating and let's fast forward to why did we get engaged? You know, how did that play out and all the things? Okay. All right. So thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Melina Jackson, 
You are listening to Family Planet 365. And remember, you can have it all. Bye for now. Yeah, 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 yeah